Yes, it is rocket science and quantum physics and general relativity. Building a STEM library for infants. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Chris Ferry, author and associate professor at the Center for Quantum Software and Information at the University of Technology, Sydney. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. So give us a quick summary of your professional background, please. So I'm a, an associate professor and that most people should be familiar with what a professor does. So I guess they teach at a university and they do research and, and supervise students. And th that it was through a standard sort of track in academia. So I, before I became a professor, I was the postdoctoral researcher on contract research. And before that, I was a PhD student. And before that, I was an undergraduate student. <laughs> uh, so it's a kind of a standard, if not a little bit uh, drawn out um, track in, in academia. Well, in addition to your teaching career, you've mm -hmm. authored over 50 books for infants and young children on a wide range of STEM topics, everything from rocket science to quantum physics to biology to statistics. I mean, everything. Tell us about your books and what motivated you to create this library. So it started when our around when our third child was born and I was getting tired of reading the same books over and over. And I noticed that not a lot of science books for, well, particularly um, babies existed. So we read to, we've read to all of our kids from a very early age. So um, these, these kind of baby board books, I was very, very familiar with. And I thought, well, maybe I could write some of these, at least for my own kids. And so I started writing them and, and reading them to my own children um, with, without a, a publisher. I just made them myself and shared them with friends and, and, made them available through Amazon's sort of self-publishing service, which um, is print on demand. So it doesn't require any, you know, to, to buy any stock or any upfront costs. And um, yeah, it, people seem to enjoy it. And, and it kind of grew from there. So you and I talked about this, but I discovered your books through an elementary school teacher, family member who had her first child last spring. And when we visited the baby's room for the first time, we saw a shelf lined with dozens of your books. I couldn't believe how many. And in fact, we recently gave one of your books to another family member, uh, a three-year-old boy as a Christmas as a Christmas gift. And his father, who is a math genius himself, couldn't put it down. So oh, great. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know, what kind of feedback do you get from the adults who encounter your books for the first time? Uh, yeah, so much of the feedback that I receive um, is in the form of pictures. So like cute pictures of babies holding my book. Um, but the adults usually say they, they'll get the, the book as a gift for some baby shower or some event. And it's usually for someone who is related to the topic. So uh, someone who's kind of into science and they get it almost as like a tongue in cheek sort of joke. And so people say, uh, who receive it say, I thought it was a joke. And then when I opened it up, there was actually real science in it. So that's the most common response is, I didn't expect it to actually be a book about quantum physics for babies. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, there's a lot of surprise, I think, in the responses. But, but it really is. And in fact, we, we kind of yeah. joked about the, the adults that are reading your books and 
the adults are learning. Okay. So you're getting <laughs> these babies and you're getting these kids started early, but you, you also have great illustration. How do you work with illustrators, uh, and, and co-authors? Um, so some many, the, all of the baby books in the, in the, the board books, the, um, I illustrate myself. Um, but those are very kind of technical drawings, um, and very, very kind of like minimalistic. So I developed those skills just through like, I have to do technical drawings for my work in writing academic papers. So I just use those skills and, and the books themselves are a bit academic. So it, it seems a bit natural to be able to do that. Um, some of the books aren't in my, in my area of expertise. So I work with, with other experts and I get connected to them through various ways. Sometimes they're my, my own colleagues at the university in other faculties and sometimes the publisher um, finds them through other um, other means they, they you know they have a website that is sourcing ideas for for books and sometimes they come through there and other times the the they have a particular idea in mind and they go out and find them and then connect them with me it sounds like a lot actually goes into to these children's books um, I should say baby books, infant books, right? <laughs> the, the books actually run from, I think, like probably 25 to 35 page range with large fonts and, and colorful mm. illustrations, as, as we've talked about. How long with this whole process does it, does it take to write one? It really depends. There's no um, formula. I mean, there's, a, there's kind of a formula for the books because they all start and end the same way. So that, it makes it easier in a sense. So they all start with this is a ball and then uh, that ends with now you know blockchain, for example. <laughs> um, so I, I if, if it's not in my area of expertise, I tell the ec the other expert. I say you know this is the formula. We have to have a story that starts. This is the ball, and now you know blockchain or or uh, neural networks or, or some other topic that we're writing about. Um, and it usually it goes through like three or four versions of the story because it. Uh, it's not as if we decide on a character and then there's a plot and it's more about we choose a one small concept in the in the topic and we want to find a way to explain that with pictures and kind of abstraction and analogies and we try one and maybe it doesn't work and so then we have to kind of scrap it and start from scratch which isn't such a big deal because like it's 24 pages it's not like a 40,000 word book, right? Um, so it's it's a lot of like trial and error and um, sending sending uh, Google Docs back and forth. Well, you don't have to send those anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> you tackle topics that would challenge PhD candidates. How do you decide what level of complex, complexity is appropriate for a newborn, in fact? Mm. Well, it, it's a little bit easier because it does start, this is the ball. So it's like, you have to start with, you're assuming that you start with something that they know. Maybe the only thing they know <laughs> is the toy ball. And you slowly build up from, from there. So if you want to talk about climate change, for example, it's like, this is a ball. It's the same shape as planet Earth and planet Earth has these problems. And so it kind of like, you're always building up from the same point. And, um, and we definitely avoid all sort of jargon and put the necessary only the necessary concepts in there. And yeah, we just make it make sure that it's something that um, any 
well, really any parent, it would be comfortable reading. Like if we, if when we imagine the book as a whole, we're imagining an adult reading it to a child. And if the adult has to pause at any point or then it doesn't work. So it has to be something that is, uh, is always connected to something familiar to, to anyone. You're a husband. And as you mentioned, a father of four lovely children yourself. Mm-hmm. So does your family serve as a, maybe a research focus group on your work? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> they, they read, um, they read every book before, before it gets published. Um, and uh, I, I get lots of comments. The, it, it's hard to tell from the, from the kids that they're, they're not really great focus group um, members for these sorts of projects. Uh, only in the sense that, you know, if you say, here's a new idea and you start to read to it and they walk away, then you know that that, that doesn't work. But usually they, they, they like read, they like stories and they like books. So, yeah. Yeah. So how do you see the series evolving over time? I think for myself, I will focus more on projects that are for older audiences because I've always been writing them for my own children and they're growing. So my youngest will be four in a few weeks. And so she's no longer a baby and I'm not reading baby books anymore. So if I make a new book now, uh, I, I still read it to them because you know they, they aren't really for babies. I mean, they're you know for parents and for everyone. So I still read them, the four babies books, but at some point I won't anymore. You know, I, maybe by the time she's six or seven, um, I won't, I'll be making books that I don't intend to read myself. So that will feel a bit awkward. So I'll probably start to write for older and older audiences as my children grow up. The series itself will probably continue to evolve. I mean, it's taken on a life of its own in a sense. And, and there's a whole team at the publisher that is, is developing it and pushing it forward. So I, I certainly imagine that that series will continue to grow, but we'll start some new ones as well. I love it. These infants and, and young toddlers are going to have books that they can grow up with. Well, we'll hold you to that, Chris. <laughs> I'm worried in like 20 years, there's going to be a, a whole cohort of people trying to get into quantum physics degrees. <laughs> Hey, that's a great goal to have. Hey, don't, don't, don't knock it. <laughs> Dr. Chris Ferry, Associate Professor at the Center for Quantum Software and Information at the University of Technology, Sydney, and author of one of the most engaging and extensive collection of STEM books for young children of all ages that you'll ever find. Chris, if somebody wants to find your books, how can they do that? Well, I suggest that uh, around the world, you can go to your local bookstore and um, and they will hopefully be carrying my books. And if not, they can definitely order them. There's a massive network of distribution of books. Um, if you don't want to leave the house, if you can't leave the house, if you're in a certain area of the world um, that's affected by uh, COVID, then you can get them online. And um, if you go to my website, which is CS ferry, F-E-R-R-I-E.com, then I have a list of resources for you to find them online. Um, So that's where you can find them. Thanks again, Chris. And find more of my interviews right here or on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. 